Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that does what it says on the tin. Netflix vs. Cinema. I know what you're thinking. You're wondering, hang on a second, how can you be Netflix vs. Cinema when there is no cinema? That is true. There is no cinema at the moment, even though I feel we might be inching ever closer to cinemas reopening in some way and giving us some Christopher Nolan goodness. My name is Tosin, and I am the host, based up in Coventry, well, in the Midlands, and joining me on the Isle of Wight, first of all, is Sharon. Hello. Yes. And also on the Isle of Wight is Sean. Hiya. Yes. Right. Well, go. Okay. So first of all, before before I get on to asking you about how you guys are doing, I want to say Netflix for cinema. How are we doing things when there is no cinema? Usually we go to the cinema. We see three things at the cinema between the three of us. We see three things on Netflix and other streaming platforms. We weigh them up out of five and we say, who has won this week? Who is winning this big battle for our eyeballs? Is it Netflix or cinema? But with no cinema, what we're doing is that we're going to have a bit of the beginning where we talk about our viewing habits, what we've been watching, what has been good, what's not been good, or what we haven't been watching, and or what we started watching and thought, oh, for goodness sake, I cannot be bothered. And uh, then we will have, in the middle of the show, will be a cinema section where we will speak to somebody. And I was just explaining to Sean. Sean was talking about the one of the interviews that we've done recently. And we're saying, we just speak to somebody who just loves cinema. And we ask them a couple of questions about why they love cinema. And I'm loving the sort of like revolving door of views and stuff that we've been getting over the last couple of weeks. It's such a good part of the show that I feel like when cinemas open up again, I want to keep a little bit of it in. <laughs> I don't know mm. about you guys. I don't know about you guys, but I think I still want to keep a little bit of the interviews going. Yeah, I think it's a yeah, good idea. Yeah. I think it's a nice idea. Always nice to have a little bit of uh, either, because it can either be controversial or, you know, I don't mean in a nasty way, but, you know, like a bit of disagreement, a bit of agreement. And it's always good, I think, to have different takes on things. Yeah, yeah. I'm, st- I'm still looking forward to like, what we have. Like, like, like something I will mention later. Which I think okay. you 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 two reviewed, and I I think I I finally caught up with it. I didn't okay. I didn't see it when you did. So yeah. So. Oh oh oh! Sounds oh, like, sounds oh, like a fight. It sounds like it's a fight brewing. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Netflix no, I, versus Cinema versus Sean versus Sharon <laughs> versus Tosin. <laughs> yeah, so Sharon, you were going to say? No, I like the interviews. I must. Admit, I did like them when we used to do them. As part of our older podcast, our, our radio show, it was then. Um, don't matter, I'm used to. We used to interview people um, around the hospital at yeah. the time. I used to always like those bits and always was interested to hear yeah. what people had to say about their filming, uh, their cinema experiences. So, I, yeah, I like them. Yep, yep, good stuff, good stuff. So, now that so that when we'll have that bit in the middle, where there's going to be a cinema section where we talk about it's a celebration of cinema, what it means to us, what it means to all of us people who come together and watch films. Just for the pleasure of it. So, how have you guys been doing? What have your viewing habits been like? Off you go, Sharon. I'll let you go first. <laughs> Sean's uh, waiting well... to drop his bomb at the head. Just <laughs> <laughs> waiting to lob a bomb in there. I, I, I can I, feel I, Sean wanting to lob oh, a I, bomb. I can start now if you want. <laughs> and well, it's, I haven't watched a great deal, but so um, I can get mine out of the way quite quickly then, then you can get on with yours. <laughs> and so I've watched, I finished off a series on Netflix called Letter to the King. That's the only series I've completed on Netflix. And I've started to watch the season three or the season four of Cardinal, which is on BBC iPlayer. So I'm halfway through that. So I have been, I haven't watched a great deal. So, but so, uh, yeah, I have finished Letters to the King. 
Letter to the King. Now, this is the one that I've seen. I think I've seen the poster of it, and I've seen the, saw the trailer. And all I know is that it stars the guy who plays Will from His Dark Materials. Is that right? Yes, the, I didn't watch His Dark Materials, so okay. yeah. yeah. I think, uh, so what, what, what's that about? What was it like? Well, how would you rate it? Well, it's basically a a sort of fantasy, a sort of historic fantasy type thing. So it's set in a an unknown period of history in an unknown land where all the countries have sort of strange names. They've got their own mythologies and where there's no magic. And yet there's this young lad who starts to experience some sort of strange phenomena as his latent powers sort of come into being. And one day he's this night, um, he comes up, he meets this knight in, a, in this encounter and he asks him to take a, this important letter to a king of a kingdom that is far away. And so off this lad basically trots on this mission with this letter. And over six episodes, he encounters all sorts of foes and perils along the way. And this sort of the world is expanded. So you get to understand how it's made up of, you know, it's legends, it's villains, it's heroes it's, it's ogres it's, it's goblins it's tom bombadils yes so it's a quest a, it's quest a fantasy series yeah. Fantasy, fantasy yeah, yeah. but it's sort of it's fantasy in that it's yes it's set in a, in a you know fantasy land in a the, where it's yes it's sort of like this sort of medieval world <laughs> Sorry, you just cut out, the, your sound just cut out for a second. What did you say? A fantasy land? All I heard was it's set in a fantasy land, and then I heard nothing than medieval world. Yes, it's a fantasy, medieval, historical setting. <laughs> so well, yes, it's a, I think, yeah, it's a bit of a hodgepodge. But it's, yes, it's got knights, and it's got um, damsels, and these poor villages. It's a pre-industrial age, basically. Um, but what they often like to set a lot of these fantasy yeah true yeah. i don't know if it's based on a novel or if it's based on um just a series of things but it, uh, it would I you say it's, it's aimed it, it looks like it looks like it's oh it's um it's um aimed mainly at sort of like you know teenagers i would definitely say yes it was a Y. I would put it under the ya the young adult banner yeah. which is probably why my i was watching it whilst other th- i was doing other things it's not something that held my attention and so it was it was on, yeah, and I watched it. <laughs> and how many stars would you give it? This is going to be a three. big one. <laughs> it's gonna yeah, be a three. I'd give it a three because I think I don't think I was the intended audience. Quite honestly, I think if it it was aimed squarely at a young, a YA, all the protagonists were sort of teenagers and going through teenager type things. So nice. yes, yeah, for them, I think it was yeah, growing up and maturing and. Find, I don't, you know, learning about themselves. So all those themes that you know are important to, to young people. So, but it wasn't necessarily aimed at me. But, so but I'd give it a three. So it was entertaining, but yes, it's not necessarily aimed at someone of my demographic. So we say. Yeah, like, but I'm, I'm over <laughs> it. I am totally, totally over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. All right, Sean. So, Sean. Yeah, okay, so Sean, bring it. I I can see you bursting. You're like okay, rubbing your I've, hands I've, together. I've, 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 there's almost a glint I'm, in your eye. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll come to that later. I'll just tell the other things I've sort of watched. I've been watching a lot of them um, because obviously I've got the YouTube thing, and I was yeah, yeah. I've been watching I've been watching loads of old interviews. Like I think they call it the Actors Studio with Robert Redford, and they oh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're quite yeah. long, they're quite long things, and Paul Newman, and 
and uh, Robert Mitchum, and then uh, you know, and I so so I've, I've gone back to sort of films that I remember, and it's really really interesting to see see they're all bit dated. But I did, and I did watch Avengers Endgame again. But then the other film I watched, right, and this is one I'm sure you two have reviewed it. I'm sure you two have reviewed it. Yep. I'll, and I might even let you ask me three questions and see if you can guess it. Or do you want me just to go into it? It's up to you guys. But what, well, do, you, what do you think it might be? Let's just well, say... Go on in. I, I was going to say, so, you... so, so it's a film that both Sharon and I saw, but you didn't see. I'm, I didn't see. I'm pretty certain you two and, reviewed it, yeah, in one of our earlier... Review, and we reviewed it on the podcast. I'm pretty sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> I believe so. Okay, so. we... Uh, I think we've lost Sharon. Sorry, Sharon is. I messed around with my phone. Sorry, I missed what. Did, what was that you reviewed? You saw, Shawnee? I was just saying. I'm quite certain that that you two reviewed this on one of our previous um, podcasts. I'm pretty sure, and I hadn't seen it because I didn't what quite like it? the sorry, first I missed... one. So, yeah, well, I'm told. I haven't said yet. I've seen it. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so it's a, it's the second one. So it's a sequel. Okay, I'll give you that much. It's a, it's sequel. a sequel. It's a sequel. Yeah. And Did, okay, I'll ask not, you. Did we like it? I think you didn't mind it. I think I think uh, Sharon. I can't remember. I think it was a three for Sharon and probably a, a three for you as well, Toes. That's what I'm, that's that's from what I could recall, but I can't it, I can't guarantee that it was a sequel. So this is a film that's a sequel that yes. both Sharon and I saw. Yes, we didn't mind. Oh, I I. I and obviously, it well, looks like Frozen sure. Two, was it? <laughs> but, no, but it was. It was partly animated. Part, partly animated. It was, it was partly so, or, animated. Or, or yeah, or so or, or animated, I guess you could say. So an iconic, an iconic character that I loved from a, a purely um, animated movie, and then a movie oh, was made, it? which I was really looking forward to. Sonic the Hedgehog. No, not Sonic. Not Sonic. No. It wasn't Lion King, was it? No, no, no. Okay. How about if I was to say, um, like, uh, th- three fairies in it? Cinderella. Oh, Maleficent. Maleficent. Maleficent two. two yeah. Oh, I, Mal- oh, I, I didn't Maleficent see that. Two. I didn't see that. Oh, you Sharon's didn't a... see that. Yeah, Maleficent. Mistress, Sorry, Mistress of Evil. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry, oh, yeah, I didn't mind it. Yeah, you didn't mind it. Well, guess what, Sharon? Go on. What? Guess what? You hated it. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, had to, I had to watch it. I had to. I had, I had to watch it, and I thought, I cannot believe, you know. And I mean, I was surprised that you didn't mind it because with, with the animation and what have you. But I saw this. I, mean, I let these things wash over me most of the time. So yeah. And I'm like, oh, why would you do that? It's just the most horriblest thing. The best person in it was it. Um, who was it who played the the sort of. Queenie Queen. Was it Michelle Pfeiffer? Or was well, it? I think it was Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. yeah. She was like the yeah. evil yeah, yeah. queen, yeah. She played the evil one, which to me was like she was far, far better than Maleficent. And yet Maleficent has always been this iconic, horrible being that I'd always looked up to. And she's just turned so nice. <laughs> you know? It's not right. It's not right. Sharon, it's not right. And then, and then, I just, and then the... I'm going to do a spoiler here because it just really, really annoyed me, is lock some people in the door. Lock some people in and leave the key in the door. You know, bang, bang, yeah. bang, bang. Oh look, you know, why not just pick, take the key out and chuck it down out of the way somewhere? You know, well, off the castle <laughs> ramparts, or whatever. So no sure. one can get I it. probably didn't pay that close attention to it. To be honest All with right. you, I okay. just went, 
you know, I lean back and I eat my pick and mix and I go, let it do its thing. And then I don't. That's, that, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Toes, did it do in the cinema? Do you know? You, you're pretty knowledgeable on this stuff. Did it do did well it in make, the cinema? Yeah. Do you know I'm, offhand or not? I don't know offhand, but I think it, it made enough for them to consider making another one. I think obviously the first one made enough, but but uh, well, uh, I think first of all, the, the thing that you just said, Sean, is like, oh, this horrible, evil person that I always looked up to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounded a bit. That sounded a bit. I mean, yeah, not looked up to. I shouldn't say that, should I? <laughs> you don't want. Yeah, Maleficent should have won. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, yeah. I mean. So yeah, I, I but well, I think I understand what you mean. But yeah, there is this trend where they go into a film and then they try and make the bad guy the 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 focus of the film. And if you're going to make the bad guy the focus of the film, to a certain extent, you're going to make the bad guy the good guy. And I think it's stupid. I think uh, I think if it's a yeah. bad guy, why are you trying to make them a good guy? And it's it's a bit like Venom. What they did with Venom, I think. Like I remember what growing up reading spider-man comics and venom was like the worst thing ever like i just wanted venom to be killed because he was just this horrible horrible thing and now they're trying to make him a good guy and make him like carry movies and i'm thinking uh no <laughs> yeah i'm like no 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 he's supposed to be a bad guy leave him alone let let him be a bad guy just leave him alone <laughs> No yeah, one needs yeah. to start yeah, giving me exactly. backstory to explain how, oh yeah, you know, somebody pushed him in a puddle once, and that's why he decided he was going to destroy the whole world. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's like, oh, come on, please no. But yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. Um, and that's probably the reason why I never watched Maleficent, <laughs> quite frankly, because I could see, yeah, uh, are they trying to make her the good guy? And they have this whole thing where Maleficent is now essentially the surrogate mum for Sleeping Beauty. For Aurora, yeah, isn't it? Beauty, I know. Yeah, and it's. I'm like, that's like, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, they're just basically they've re-imaged the whole thing, haven't they? They've made the fae or the these sort of wildlings or whatever you want to call them in this sort of world um, misunderstood. They're not evil. They're just misunderstood. Yeah, as they're what you may perceive as being evil because they use magic or they they're from a different world and they have a different mythology is not actually evil. It's just different. Yeah, and and I and I I I understand that point, and I think it's a it's a good point to be made. I think maybe Maleficent is not the character to be doing that. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, because when you take no, the original that's... cartoon. She was out and out evil, wasn't? Isn't she? She's just yes. out and she out was, bad. Yeah. She was, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's, uh, no, uh, there's no shades of grey there. She's just uh, not uh, a very nice person. And I feel like they've they've gone to a lot of efforts to build a whole mythology around her to excuse the whole thing to make her good. And I'm like, that mythology did not exist in the first place. There wasn't like a question no. about the no. Fae in the original Sleeping Beauty movie. There wasn't a question somewhere where you're thinking, oh, I wonder who that person is. Oh, oh, man, it would have been good if we had more time to spend with them. We only had five minutes. There was none of that. And they've gone to great lengths <laughs> to build a mythology that excuses a character. And I'm like, mm, that might have been better spent building, like, um, what was that thing? Carnival Row. Like, yeah. make something original, a bit like Carnival yeah. Row. That, yeah. that does a similar, similar kind of uh, trick with that. But it's, uh, and I think better, does it better. But hey, I haven't watched a Maleficent movie and that's part of the reason. So, okay, now on to what I've watched. Yeah. On to what? what do, I'm do you want still... my star rating? Oh yeah, star rating Ooh, for that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want my star rating? Okay. Yeah. 
purely yeah two purely for michelle pfizer purely for michelle pfizer she, she was class yeah. well come on angelina jolie's that, cheekbones exactly. had to have at least half a half a mark see i don't i don't think she's that to be honest even in real thing i think she's like you know um what can i say i don't know what i can say really <laughs> but i don't i don't think <laughs> she's, she's that hot. i don't think she's as everybody said no she's not my cup of tea. I, I have a friend i have a friend matt matt who is last time i checked he was somewhere i think probably japan so i've had a friend matt and matt would say and he would he would argue because obviously there was this whole period where angelina jolie was seen as a sex symbol and everybody was like oh my god angelina jolie oh my god check her out and all that and he and he refused and to i think and, and his reasoning was she looks like her dad and her dad was obviously john voigt and as far as he's concerned, as far as he said, he couldn't get past the fact he's like, she looks like a dad, and I and I am not saying that John Voight is hot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> goodness, no. <laughs> he's like, I refuse to say John Voight is hot. Therefore, Angelina Jolie cannot be hot because she looks like a dad. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that was that was his whole reasoning behind it. Okay, so. Going on to people who are seen as hot, and uh, the film that I saw this week, I saw a film on Netflix called Extraction, and this is a film... Oh, yeah, with um, Chris Hemsworth. With Chris Hemsworth, with Chris Hemsworth, and one of the first takeaways I got from this film was like, oh, my God, they're letting him actually be Australian. So this is one of the... I think it's one of the only films I've seen of Chris Hemsworth where he's actually been Australian. And it's the, the whole idea is that it starts off in... It starts off in India... And you have this, uh, you have the, it starts off at a school and you see this kid and this kid, you, you get the idea that he is well off because he finishes school, he gets into like a gleaming black Mercedes Benz, gets driven home to this big house and everybody's like, where were you? You're supposed to come straight back home. Then he goes out, he goes out partying and night. he sneaks out of the house, goes partying. And while he's partying, somebody comes, like two policemen come up to him and, and his friend going, oh, what's that? You smoking something? He's smoking something? Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. We're cool. We understand. You have your whole life ahead of you. Then they take out a gun, shoot his friend in the head, put a bag oh, over funny. his head and shove him into the back of the car. <laughs> that and was then, unexpected. Exactly. And, and then it turns out that he's actually the son of the biggest drug lord in India who is currently in jail. And... The, the the so this drug lord goes to his second in charge and says you were supposed to look after him he says get my son back because it turns out that the biggest drug lord in bangladesh has kidnapped his son and he's, he and he says ah. get and he says get my son back or otherwise your son and your family are dead so this guy is like oh i've got to figure out a way of getting his son back so he gets in touch gets in touch with some extraction experts which is where chris hemsworth comes in because he is like you know think about it okay you think about the action movie Think about the kind of character that Chris Hemsworth is playing. And if you think action movie, you, you pretty much already know it. Damaged past, ex-military, he comes into yeah. this job. Everybody is like, oh, Rake. His name is Tyler Rake. And they're like, Rake, oh, you've got a little bit of a death wish, haven't you? Just wishing that someone else is going to pull the trigger for you. Blah, blah, blah. And all that sort of hard-boiled dialogue. And so they, so he, he's, his team is brought in and his team is to go into Bangladesh, go into the middle of this heavily guarded place that this drug lord has and get this kid back. And that is essentially the, the film becomes a thing of going there, get the kid, get him back and all the things that are going to go wrong and how you're going to sort of go over all those things. 
there's a little bit of double cross triple cross in there and this is what i would call a solid action movie it's like a solid action air it's not trying to be anything much it's it was written by joe russo who is one of the guys who um directed avengers endgame and he and his brother so joe and anthony russo after the after avengers endgame after working with something that big they decided that they were going to make this film company called agbo and this and agbo was going to make smaller tighter films that didn't need that much of a budget uh, is the way they looked at it and also started doing things that other people wouldn't so you know 21 bridges sean which you saw with chadwick boseman yep i saw that yep that was an agbo film and this oh, film, right. okay so, yeah, and this yeah. this film is also an agbo film and there's bits of this film where i was like hang on that's 21 bridges because they're in dhaka in bangladesh and when when they actually managed to grab the kid the first thing that this drug lord does is that the drug lord says Close all the bridges. Close all the rivers. I want this whole thing fenced up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, that sounds like 21 Bridges. And it's like, 21 Bridges, but the Dakar version. <laughs> and, yeah, so, and, so is this an Indian production, Tice? Uh, no, it isn't. It is isn't. A, no? Oh. It, it isn't an Indian production. It is an American production, but it's very international. So they have okay. made, and, and I feel like they have gone to great lengths to make it international. And even like the team that are going to go into Bangladesh and going to take this kid out, there's a lady who looks like she's Indian. I wasn't, it wasn't made clear whether she was Indian or Bangladeshi in the film. There's lady, there's, there's like, you know, there's a black woman in there. There's white people. There's, there's people from all over the world in this team that are going in to sort of get this thing out. And you can see that they've done that. And it is filmed in, there's bits of it filmed in Thailand. There's bits of it filmed in um, India I'm not sure how much of it was filmed in Bangladesh, but I actually got in touch with a friend of mine, Saima Chowdhury, and um, who is currently she is Bangladeshi, currently living in Dhaka. And I asked her, what? "Have you seen? Yeah, asked her, have you seen oh, this wow. film? What do you think about it?" And she hadn't seen it, but and this is what Saima's like. She's a lawyer, so she's very kind of like give her a task and she does it. <laughs> and and <laughs> I, I said, I said, "Have you seen it?" And she sent me a message earlier today saying, "My source." In vertical, <laughs> my source has just sent me a copy of Extraction. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and watch it over the weekend and let me know and let you know. But she essentially got back with me just before we started recording this, and she's and she's watched the whole thing. She's watched, and our, what I really wanted to know is, you know how in um, Avengers, uh, no, in Captain America: Civil War, I was talking about the fact that the opening yeah. of Civil War is ob- it's supposed to be in Nigeria, it's supposed to be in Lagos. And it's obviously filmed in South Africa, but they did a lot of details. Like they got the color of the buses, the downfalls, they got yeah, the yeah, color yeah. of the downfalls. Yeah, we like that. Yeah, and so there were bits that they that they got wrong, like the fact that in, in the room Captain America is in, he's standing beside a radiator. And why would you need a radiator in Nigeria? But <laughs> <laughs> but, but apart from that, apart from that, it's like you know, the, and they have a very similar thing. And that was the same director, the director who did that wrote this. And you feel, and I was watching it, not being, not having been to Dhaka, not having been to Bangladesh, had a feeling that they had spent a lot of time trying to get the local bit right and trying mm-hmm. to get that, that bit right. And you can mm-hmm. feel that it doesn't feel like someone has gone and made the travel log version of what Dhaka is like. And it, it's the action scenes. I was to say the action scenes, Sean, I think you'd like them. They are very yeah, visceral. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds good. Yeah. They're, they're very visceral. There's a lot of John Wick's type stuff where you can see... Like, you know, Sean, how you're going, oh, that's stupid. You wouldn't do that. He wouldn't fall that just because you shot him once. And you can see yeah. the whole double tap thing and it goes on. And you can see the tactics that they've got. There's a lot of detail in this film. And there's a lot of oh. shots that make, where they make it look like it's one shot. Where they go from a building, go off a balcony, get into a car, go into a car chase and all that. So the action, the 
or I was watching with my wife and she says I've ruined film for her because she was like, I'm just looking at the camera moves now. I'm looking at the camera moves. And she's, she's, like, never, she's like, I've never noticed that that was a good camera move before. But now I'm like, oh my God, the camera work is amazing. <laughs> so, so in the end, uh, so Saima, uh, who I asked about it and she this is her, she was sending me like a thing. She sent me something saying, I'm, out, and I'm an hour into the film and my heart goes out to Chris Hemsworth. They certainly made it look dirty and dusty for Dhaka. I'll give it points for racing through Dhaka. That's like going in the, the car chasing scenes. She says, but so far it's failing on script. I'm one of those people who can watch films I love over and over again. This isn't one of them. I'll probably not even remember any of it. <laughs> and she goes, unlike Man on Fire, a film I have watched more times than I can remember. Right now, it's still a two out of five. I'll send you a final rating when I finish. Then about, two, about an hour after that, she sends me, go, she says, done. Final rating is still a two out of five. Sorry, I'm too old-fashioned. Without good content and script, a good face, exotic locations and cast, guns and violence won't cut it. If, you think, if they're thinking of making a sequel, then that must... The, that most definitely is a bad idea because if okay no that's a spoiler for the end of the film but <laughs> I would say that bit but I asked her what do you think about the portrayal of Bangladesh and Bangladeshis and she goes bang on that was remarkably well done oh well, that's good I, I like that I like that when yeah that yeah someone, says, someone does a little bit of homework does a, and I think they did a lot of homework for this film they did a lot of homework for this film she says the streets the dialogue delivery the people the gangs kids. She says, the clothes, not so much. It's too here for the double layers that the thug had on. <laughs> but apart from that, she says, like, they got the portrayal of, she got the, they got the portrayal of, um, uh, because I was watching it going, I think they're doing well. I actually think that they're doing really, really well. They're trying to represent this all. And there's one particular character called Saju, who is like the Terminator, but he's like the Indian Terminator. And the fact oh, is wow. that, the fact that they've given that role to someone who isn't white. Is he good or bad? I just asked, is he good? Is he a good one or bad one? Terminator ooh, man. Uh, he's a. Ooh, oh, he's, you're not going to say. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Spoiler, yeah okay. Uh, although one, thi- side one thing I would say is that I I would have loved to see the entire film done from the point of view of this Saju character because I think it would have been a different film and possibly a more interesting film. As it is, it's a three out of five for me. I mean, Saima is a bit more. She's a bit more mean on it. It's a three out of five for me. And, but only because I feel it is a straight down the line action movie that you you know what you're going to get. Like there's like there's a bit where it comes what, what, about. No, there's a bit where it comes up and a character shows up and I'm like, yep, that's the guy who's going to betray them. And sure enough, <laughs> guess what happened? There he is. <laughs> it's like action movie well, 101. <laughs> is it the sort of thing I'd like? You think, Toes? Do you think I should give it a go? I think you would Extraction. like the action. I think you okay. would like the action sure. scenes, Sean. I think I think you would like the action scenes. I think you would, in the sort of John Wick type of way. It's not as slick as John Wick. Uh-huh. It's a lot. It's a lot more sort of gritty and da- down and dirty, so to say. And I think that there's some bits with the camera work and things. I think you would like. There's some bits with the military stuff. I think you would like it, but I'm sure that you find something that isn't quite right. <laughs> but, <laughs> and and also the fact that it's in a different locale and it's, it's not a place that we've seen on screen millions of times it's not mm, racing through new york it isn't going through la and the fact that it's it's so and i think even the way they portray the gangsters on the indians they're not just faceless thugs they're not just face there's a little bit of an attempt to give them a sort of backstory and a little give you a little bit of view into their life or what it's like living on the streets of of these cities so i for those bits i thought it was good but i thought i 
I need to check with somebody who is actually close to it. I need to check with somebody in Bangladesh and say, how have they done? Yeah. How have they done? Because I'm thinking that they're doing well, be, be, because, but there could be something a bit more subtle that I've missed. But she says, yeah, they did really well. And I think that you can see the the detail that they put into it to make sure that they didn't just go, we need a locale with a whole bunch of faceless people that we can just kill off <laughs> and send this white man in to kill a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> it's, you can see that they have done that. So yeah, that is extraction for me, three stars. All right. Okay. And now we get onto the cinema section of the show. As we have said already, this section shall consist of an interview done with a cinephile with someone who just loves films and, um, is usually a friend of mine because I'm the one who knows how to work the technology. So, <laughs> and this time round, we have a friend of mine, Karen, Karen Bagshaw. Karen is oh, one of the first people I knew, uh, knew when I moved well, over to the UK. We were in a school together. And there's this, this interview. I think sometimes I have so much fun in the interviews and the interviews get too long and I have to cut them off. So there's about 10 minutes of this interview that I have cut out. And it's still about 35, 30, 37 minutes long or something. And this is a bit where we talk about where we met. And I met Karen at a school called Sexy's School. Uh, it's a school that we went to for our A-levels in, in a small village called Bruton in Somerset. It does exist. Look it up. That's S-E-X-E-Y. Had a very strict entry-level policy. And there's a lot of people who are miffed that they did not get entrance into Sexy School. But I'll leave that where it is. <laughs> I'll leave that where it is. So, yeah, this is Karen, friend of mine, up in Leeds. And this is what Karen had to say. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so thank you so much for coming onto the show. Uh, 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 we <laughs> we have had, yeah. For for anybody who's wondering about this, okay. Obviously, we are all friends. We haven't spoken to each other for a while, but on Facebook, which obviously brings everybody back together, <clears throat> Homeland recently finished. So obviously, mm. I usually ask people what, what they've been watching in lockdown, and for you, you just finished watching Homeland, which was something that yeah. you, that you stuck with for what eight years. Eight, eight seasons, yeah. Eight, eight seasons. You, you've stuck. I think with, it is, yeah. You stuck with Homeland, and you put a, something on there just talking about the way Homeland ended. No spoilers in it or anything like that. You just sort of said yeah. you were talking about your feelings about how Homeland ended, and quite frankly, yeah. I was shocked the show was still on because <laughs> <laughs> because I gave up in season two and I was like, what? What else did they have I'm to talk about? You, man, you missed out. It was like I actually forget about Brody and season one and two. Like one was good, but I think I watched that after everyone had gone on about how amazing it was. Yeah. So it kind of some of the spoiler was was gone because I knew there was a season two that had already been happening by yeah. the time I started. Yeah. And then two, they dragged it on too long. And I think he was in a bit of three as well. And it was just like, oh, this is getting a bit stupid. Yeah. But once he was out of it, oh my God, the show got so good. Some of the seasons were just brilliant. And Quinn was awesome. And yeah, I loved it. So oh, you see now, now I, so the deal that I made is that you come onto this show and let me interview you and <laughs> I will catch up with Homeland and let you, and you wanted like a season by season thing because you were watching yeah. it as it was a show that kept up with current affairs yeah they did really good stuff they basically had these little powwow sessions with loads of people in the intelligence community in the states for a couple of days before every season yep. so i think actually probably like seasons five onward or yeah five onwards it was just so on trend in terms of what was happening in the world and how the, the things that you were suddenly thinking about and dealing with so like the season they had drones in and then the next year we started hearing loads more about drones but they were they were on the edge of it you know they'd already filmed it before you really became aware of these as an as an issue yeah 
It was it was really really clever the way they did it, and then they had they had a couple of issues at the end towards the end in that that without any spoilers there was one one point there's a female president which they thought Clinton was going to win. Oh, yeah. And then Trump won. So I don't know how that actress had to deal with it, but she had there to rewrite the character quite excessively, but you know, suddenly. <laughs> so they they had they still had a woman playing the president, but she had the personality of a moron. So oh, good <laughs> Lord. oh ooh, that's just, a tough it was one. Mental. We finally yeah, get a female but... president. She's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, but I guess they still had the you know they still had it on there same way you know. 24 had a black president before Obama yeah, was yeah, elected yeah, and true. things. So yeah. you know, that's true. There, there are similarities. So, so, so the deal yeah. we made, the deal we made is that you come onto the show and I'll catch up with 20, I'll catch up with Homeland and I'll let you know whether it feels as precise or it feels as oh my yeah. god, this is amazing afterwards. So I have picked up yeah. where I left off. Um, I, okay. Because the 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 episode I left off was when a certain somebody arrives in them in the states, and I'm just kind of like, oh for goodness sake, and, and I just stopped. <laughs> I stopped like what six years ago. I just went, oh, I can't be bothered. This, I, I I think I feel like I know where this is going, and I don't like it. So so I've picked it up again. It's um it's still in season two, but from what you tell me, this is the bit I have to slug through to get through to the good stuff. Yeah, so, there's, there's some bits with him where it's just like, whatever. I, I mean, I think I remember watching it and it was okay at the time, but it was, I could see why some people gave up at that point. Um, or, yeah, I guess I've, I always liked Claire Danes for years when she, when she was in my so-called life. So oh, I yes, finally gave her credit that. for that. I remember and that. And then carried on. And yeah, I think she just gets better. But I didn't really like that character as much in seasons one and two. But then I think she's brilliant by the end of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember my so-called life. You used to record that on videotape and watch it. Yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) I've got the DVDs. (laughs) I haven't actually watched them. I bought them years ago and haven't actually got around to watching them. I should do that at some point. Uh, oh, oh, all right, cool. We will get onto that, but now let's let's get onto films. <laughs> let's get onto films. Let's talk films. Okay. Because obviously, I'm not sure whether you've listened to the podcast at all, but it's called Netflix versus Cinema. And what we usually do is that we yeah. would usually have um, we would usually watch three things because there's three of us on the podcast. We would watch at least three things at, at home on Netflix and Friends. So other streaming, other streaming platforms do actually qualify as well. So we we would watch three things of those. We watch three things in the cinema, and we say, okay, in this week, who won? where did we get better bang for our buck were we better served in the cinema or were we better served at home sitting on our butts and um (laughs) and obviously now we don't have any cinemas because of the lockdown we just don't have cinemas so what we're doing for the cinema section of the show is that we're having a little bit of a celebration and we're asking people these questions which i have sent to you which are Mm -hmm. what was the tell us the story of the first time you ever went to the cinema tell us um what was the last film you caught before the lockdown happened uh what why do you think cinema is such a good thing? Why do you think going to the cinema is a thing? And also, the final one is, what are you most looking forward to seeing when the cinemas reopen? So, Karen Backshaw, shall we kick off with the first one? <laughs> okay. So, tell us the story of the first time you went to the cinema. Um, I can't, because I don't know what it was. I know absolute certainty what it wasn't in that it wasn't E.T. that my brother went to see, and I was deemed too young to go. <laughs> And it and that has been a family thing for years. We've talked about it. I don't know, easy comes up. It's a very sore point still. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, looking back, I was definitely too young, but it's not the point. One of my earliest memories. So we moved to Somerset when I was four, but before that, we lived in Leicester. Oh yeah. And it was in Leicester, so I have very few memories of Leicester. There's two involving different slides, and this one that they came. <laughs> 
came back from the cinema and brought me a little notepad, a pencil with some little, I used to have the little pencils attached to the top of the big pencil yeah, and yeah. in a little packet and, a, and an eraser on the end. And yeah, they brought me that and I was just like, well, this is rubbish. I wanted to go to see the film with everybody else. <laughs> and that's it. So, and then I thought, I, just, I don't know, maybe they just didn't, remember like going to the cinema the first time wasn't such a big deal or something i don't know but i know he went it was his friend's birthday party and he went and i was told i wasn't allowed to go because i wouldn't be able to sit still for two hours yeah and i was probably about three and a half so i probably couldn't have sat still for three to you know for the whole film but <laughs> ever since it's been brought up many many times over the years <laughs> I, I just love this image of everybody. Okay, Christmas comes on and E.T. comes on the TV and every and houses all across the country, all across the world even. There's family sitting down going, oh, sitting up with this family. And your family, they're like, don't you dare talk about this. Turn it off. Turn it off. No, 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 I'll happily watch it now. I have seen it since. I just know that I didn't get to go to see that at the cinema. And then somebody put, made us these Eat stuffed et teddy bear things yeah. that we've still got at the house somewhere they're really good actually they look really realistic but i think it was just some random lady my mum knew made them for us so we had one of those each which again just rubbing it in over the years <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then um i i so i thought i don't know what i went to see and i was thinking about it and thinking about it i can remember different memorable cinema trips or whatever but i can't remember what it was i asked mum and dad and they said well it wasn't et it was, all there. It was their instant response so so yeah. so what what was what is the first sort of your memorable experience what's your earliest memorable i, I honestly i can't remember because they they said well we moved to to the to somerset and then the cinema was 20 minute drive away 25 minute drive away and it was just a bit too much hassle to go all the way to Oval for it, I think. So they were, they think it probably was something in Cornwall when we'd have been on holiday camping and it rained. So then we tend to go to the cinema then. Oh, yeah, yeah. On any, ra- any rainy days in Cornwall, we'd go to Churro Cinema. So it was probably something then. But I think it was just scuppered by the fact that... Um, and this is really weird because my whole childhood is about like films. I can tell you so much about 80s films and I've seen all of them. But I think we just we moved, and that's right around when home video came in. Oh yeah, yeah. So we just had everything on video. We we would record everything off the TV. I mean, they've still got some of them. They're slowly starting to think they might get rid of them now. But we probably had two, three hundred films from the telly recorded you know, by the rem- time we were teenagers. I, and, I, I do remember your collection. Yeah. I do remember your collection. I, yeah. I, I think it was actually from your collection that I watched the first the original star wars trilogy all the way through for the first time really <laughs> it really really was it really because in in I've, I've mentioned this often on, on the podcast to talk about how in nigeria growing up whatever we could get was very sort of piecemeal so it was hard to get a whole bunch of like if you're trying to watch a tv series it was hard to get the entire tv series and watch it all the way from beginning to end in the 80s in nigeria it was hard because tv schedules would just change all left right and center and the before that, I knew about Star Wars because Star Wars just has this big, massive cultural thing about it. So yeah. it's impossible to avoid Star Wars. But the only thing I had seen, the biggest chunk of Star Wars I had seen was um, was a friend of mine had a tape of A New Hope, and I'd seen A New Hope, but it was <laughs> it was in Italian, so, <laughs> so it, was, it was an Italian dub. So 
so I'd, I'd seen all this stuff and we, we would say that I watched this whole Italian dub not having a clue because his family had lived in Italy in, in, in Italia in Italy for a while <laughs> and so they lived in Italy for a while so he could actually understand some of it and what was going on and I just watched it and be like oh 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 something blew up oh laser sword <laughs> <laughs> So the first time I actually got to sit down and watch the original Star Wars trilogy in a oh, way wow. that made sense was from your video <laughs> was, was from your videotape collection that that I was like, oh, well, I, oh, I got into oh. an argument slash bet with my friend's husband in the pub one day that I said the first time Star Wars was shown on telly. So it was called it was it was only called Star Wars, but that the the initial starting scroll did say Episode Four: A New Hope, not one. Yeah, and we got into a bit of a disagreement about whether at what point it was officially known as that, and I was like, it was from the first time it was on TV, and those videos proved it. So <laughs> you're it like, look like, at it, look my... at the adverts. It was on ITV. Look at the adverts in between. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely recorded the minute it was shown for the first time. So we had so many videos that we watched, and some of them we watched thousands of times over. And the first videos we had as kids were definitely it would have been it was Care Bears the movie two for me and Transformers <laughs> the movie for my brother, and we would watch them. If we had time to watch both, we would watch both. And if we only had time to watch one, we would watch Transformers because I like that as well. Yeah. And my brother was bigger than me. So, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You know, Sharon, who's Sharon, who's, a, who's one of the hosts of the podcast, she, she keeps talking about, because she has two older brothers, and she keeps talking about how her <laughs> film-watching uh, experience is dotted with all these things where it's like, I wanted to do this, but my brothers, they could <laughs> they control <laughs> the TV. <laughs> so... Yeah. Well, it's funny though. I mean, for for a, for a thing that is about for a podcast that's about people who see themselves as like you know cinema literate, the Care Bears show up a crazy number of times. This is the second. <laughs> in- <laughs> this is the second interview I've done with uh, did one with another one of my friends, and his first movie at the cinema was the Care Bears movie. So <laughs> you come and I'm say, sure I've seen the first one, but this is Care Bears the movie too, where you have the, the babies and the Care Bear cousins, and it's very cute, but also quite scary. <laughs> The way it Those should cartoons be. cartoons go. <laughs> evil way... guy. Uh, I, think, I think that's the way it should be. If you're going to make a kid's thing, make it scary. Oh, right. And also, by the well, way... Well, like Transformers, the movie, you're not allowed to watch these days if you're a kid, apparently, because it's too violent. And I'm like, what? We watched that like a thousand times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I mean, it, it is violent, but then so is Tom and Jerry. So... <laughs> I don't think it, yeah, I don't know. Because well, the robots are humanistic or something. I'm yeah. like, we watch that so much. It's just, you know, yeah, true. there's uh, bad guys and good guys. Yeah, and... a lot of them die. They're not just sleeping. They're definitely dead. In <laughs> Transformers I'm... the movie. <laughs> I mean, Optimus Prime dying will still make me cry when I watch it now. But, you know, <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I actually, I really have a soft spot for that film. And I know that a lot of people... It's kind of like the done thing to be like, oh, now that you're older, now that you're cool, and that really wasn't that good. I'm like, I don't care. I, I still like it. I st- it's <laughs> I, amazing. I still like. It's truly I, amazing. I still like Transformers the movie. I still think it's. I still think it's a really, really good. As I remember, like first we first we crack the shell, then we break the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I remember some also random lines from that film. All right, cool. but okay, you were going on with that. Okay. You were saying a little bit of. Oh, and by the way, if you guys are watching through your Return of the Jedi videotape and yep. um there's a bit that seems to have been recorded over by something else that might have been me 
I just thought I've been keeping that secret for 20 years. I'll start telling you now. <laughs> it might have been me. I think it's fine. Don't worry. Oh, all the DVDs, all the DVDs have been purchased anyway. So, yeah, I know they've been yeah. purchased, but you guys have the originals before George Lucas started tinkering with them. <laughs> because that, I remember that's the time. I remember that there was a time either you. Don't worry, we have the original DVDs as well. <laughs> we're not we're not that up on the new cuts and things. So okay, it was cool. in the first okay. release. Before he started tinkering with them and doing yeah. sort of things with Disney Plus and McClunky and all that, but never mind. Yeah, never mind. So, but you were going on a little bit about that. You're talking about holidays on Cornwall and all that sort of yeah. stuff. So why is it that you think, because you said like, you know, obviously films have played a big, massive part in your, in your life. And then I guess when you grew older, that, that translated to actually cinema trips. Why do you think cinema yeah. and like films, why do you think it's such a thing? I think, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a day out or an evening out, isn't it? So it's, it's an event in that way. Yep. And it's something that's new that you won't have had a chance to see before. So that makes it more exciting than just watching a film that you you've heard about or picked up on things but more than anything it's uh it, it's it's probably just because you're just complete focus because it, you're sat in the dark and you're not supposed to talk while it's on <laughs> so um i'm just thinking actually going back to homeland before that was 24 and me and my housemates used to have 24 rules when you were watching it which was basically <laughs> lights out curtains closed darkness just sit and watch it and properly pay attention to it and then we would be so jumpy and our other housemate would come home from work and scare the crap out of us so um yeah but it's it's a complete sort of sensual deprivation of everything else and you're just 100 percent focused on the screen which is a really big screen the, the sound's quite loud and it's surround sound now which confuses me sometimes because my hearing's rubbish and I'm like Ooh, oh that's part of the movie yeah, behind well, me I get that I get um, that too <laughs> and things but yeah you just sort of completely completely set on it and you you go there you've chosen to go and see it you're all going together and then you get your snacks and go in oh. so yeah or, uh, and one of the things we talk about I mean especially now obviously with this lockdown and there's a whole bunch of industries that are struggling and as much as we love it and we think it's all about the magic and all that kind of stuff, cinema, Hollywood, all this stuff is a business. And cinemas are taking a hit at the moment. Um, so do you, for instance, if somebody told you today that, okay, that's it, uh, cinemas can't handle it anymore, we're all going to have to go Netflix, Disney+, Plus, iPlayer, all that kind of stuff, how would you feel about that? I don't think it's going to happen. I think they will <laughs> take a hit and they will be smaller, but... Some of them won't survive, unfortunately. So there's a there's a couple in Leeds that are like old old school cinemas, mm. uh, been around since the 1900s. Um, but I think it is too much of an event thing for people to go to that it will happen. As with everything, it will have to adapt in some way. So I know they're sort of bringing back drive driving cinemas in the states already. Talking about doing it in London. But there's there's already it's evolving in that way. You know, you've got secret cinema happening every year. You've got hot tub cinemas happening. You've got a lot more outdoor cinemas, even though it's England and likely to rain on you. <laughs> They're going ahead and doing it anyway. So I think, you know, it is such a big thing in people's lives that I can't see it going completely. Um, but, yeah, it's... So, so for you, you, it's in their interest to keep it going, so they will work out how to do it, as you say, because it's a business. They'll figure out a way of, of making it come back, even if it has got some sort of. I mean, they're saying about yesterday was it they started talking about opening up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, mid mid July. Mid July, they're talking. Yeah, views coming back with some random algorithm for managing to sit you near each other, but not 
within two meters of other people or something so um i don't think i'd be going yet but then there's not going to be anything i really want to see at the moment probably but i think yeah it's been around for so long why would you not have it come back well why would you try and keep it on for some reason yeah because as long as i think about it i think about someone like netflix because one of the reasons why the show came up is because when you look at the business model Netflix are thinking, well, we don't have to pay for any heating. We don't have to pay for any staff. We don't have to pay for anything like that. We just give it straight to your eyeballs. So for Netflix, <laughs> it is in, it's infinitely cheaper <laughs> to, to run their business than it is for like a cinema chain, so to say. And uh, yeah, I'd, uh, the whole thing was like, well, is this just going to, are people just going to say we prefer this? But I know personally speaking, I mean, since the lock, since this lockdown, I've been like, no, no, cinema has a reason. Cinema has a place. It's Netflix, Netflix is in cinema. <laughs> Netflix, it's like... It, it, cinema is more social as well than, you know, you tend to go, you choose to go and watch a film with people that will also enjoy that film that are your friends. So it can be combined with, you know, going out for dinner, having drinks afterwards as well. So it's it can be a bigger, a bigger event thing. Well, so. it, it can be, even though nowadays, most of the times I go to the cinema myself. So, <laughs> so oh yeah, I say that I actually do tend to go by myself, but and actually now you've got cinemas like every round that have the food in the cinema as well. You can have pizzas and burgers and things and sit on a sofa, which is more like Netflix. So ooh, it's ooh. <laughs> it's yeah. all blurred, yeah. but you, you, you know. you're getting me into a, a whole other discussion. That I that I'm, depending on how long this lockdown goes on, it's something that I'm going to get onto, which is like talking about <laughs> the greatest cinemas you've been in, or like the greatest cinema watching experience that you've actually had. But you know, let's go. You you got time, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I say Leeds has got two cinemas that are like proper old school, which is which are both brilliant. So there's um, the Hyde Park Picture House, yep. which looks like you you could film period films there and you wouldn't notice any difference so and then there's cottage road cinema and i think both of them is about 1912 1915 i think one of one of them is the longest running cinema in england and things um and they're they're genuinely really i mean hyde park's really really pretty cottage road's really sort of art deco retro in fact wincanton the town i grew up in had a little cinema as well an old cinema at one point which was also a bingo hall it was very bizarre (laughs) but cottage road is a bit like that in that it's got um it's got the big velvet curtains that come across the screen it's got all velvet seats and it's got they they sort of have an interval they basically do the trailers and then the man comes in to sell ice cream and you can buy ice cream from him and then they open the curtains again and then they go again with the film starts so yeah it's good fun that's also because uh i think at the time that we're speaking then our next episode of the podcast is going to feature patrick who is a 70 year old who used to be an usher his mom was uh of, i think a film projectionist in one of the cinemas so he, he said okay. he was pretty much born in a cinema and he's seen the change in cinemas going and he was talking about these sort of cinemas and how you would have all this stuff and it was a big deal and and yeah, yeah. and i've just kind tell of him like, to come back to come to leeds he'll get to go back straight back to it it's, <laughs> it's definitely a bit like a time warp you know they're actually renovating uh hyde park at the moment but they are and uh, Hyde Park had randomly, I went to a film premiere there when I was a student and they had um, the premiere of Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, 
was really? there. <laughs> yeah, I've no idea why it was there, but it was, and we got tickets, and it was good fun. <laughs> so, so the premiere, well, did, did they have like the stars was, of the film and Kevin Smith? No, they didn't have anyone there. I think it was just the first showing in England. I don't think they were okay. doing a proper premiere, so they went, well, let's just do it somewhere random, and they picked this old art house cinema. <laughs> So, but you got a little like a, a lanyard around your neck with a little booklet that had all the stuff in it about it and things. Oh, that, was, yeah. that, that's good. That's good stuff. That. You have those. So, Wincanton had one that was a, a bingo hall as well. The cinema in Truro in 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 Cornwall's pretty old school as well. And then you get the the bigger sort of nicer, not nicer actually, just cleaner yeah and sort of snazzier <laughs> yeah, just more corporate ones. just more corporate they have smaller smaller screens now with less people so like costa road is probably i don't know three four hundred people it's just one cinema one screen one room that's it and what they show is what they show they do a mix of new and old stuff whereas high parts tends to be older so the last time i went there was at christmas we went to see it's a wonderful life they do every year awesome. um and my friend hadn't seen it, and I, my family normally watch it every year, and I just thought, oh yeah, let's go see it there. It'll be a really good venue to go and see it in. Oh, that is awesome! That the yes, that that, that uh, I'm there already. I am there. <laughs> You're just talking about like, oh, the first time you get to see it's a wonderful life, being in an old school. Oh my word! I saw it on Netflix. Yeah. I wish I'd seen it in a big massive cinema. <laughs> well, and then last year I watched it in color for the first time, the, the remastered version. That yeah. was weird. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think I want it in color. Yeah, it was really odd. <laughs> I, I don't think I want that in color. All right, so um, you started talking about it a little bit. Uh, or actually, let's go first of all. Where was the last film you managed to catch before the lockdown hit? Star Wars. <laughs> go, nah. back, go back full circle. Go back full circle. Star Wars back... episode nine, Star... definitely. Ah, cool. And what did you think? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, already established big Star Wars fan. So, yeah. um, I think the JJ ones have been really good. I think seven was really, I really enjoyed. Eight was not so keen on. Nine brought it all back. And actually, when we went to see the cinema, and nobody else seems to have seen this, I don't understand what. If I feel like I was hallucinating. Thankfully, I had two friends with me this time, and they definitely both saw it as well. <laughs> yeah. But before the film, I think after the trailers, but before the film started, there was a little clip about 10 minutes, which was based, or five minutes even, which was like basically outtakes from the, the original trilogy filming. And they had like Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill just mucking around, laughing, getting words wrong in the Millennium Falcon and just sort of corpsing and cracking up. And it was really cute, and then it had some little nice, it had some nice music in the background, and it had a couple of other cuts from the pre- old stuff, and it was just like, oh my god, I'm really emotional. Hang on, wait, really wait, so what, what cinema did you see this in? That was in Leeds. It was just a, it was just a view cinema, yeah. Really? It, and I don't know, and nobody else seems to have seen it. I'm like, we definitely had this random bit before the film that was to do with the old one. I don't know if it's supposed to be a trailer or something. Maybe maybe that's just like a view specific thing. Maybe view got some special kind of like dispensation to show that because I, I I didn't, I I definitely didn't have anything like that. Definitely didn't have anything. It was really cool. And then, yeah, watching the film, I I mean, I was just so excitable throughout, I think, (laughs) but I was really excitable when one, two and three came out, you know, they may not have turned out to have quite the impact as the others. I I do remember we went, we went through the excitement (laughs) together. We went, I remember, I remember, we were probably in school when the trailer for The Phantom Menace dropped. 
And I remember just probably seeing, yeah. I remember seeing that going, Oh my god. And then seeing the film and coming out going, Yeah, that was good, but in the back of my mind there was something going, I don't think it really was. <laughs> well no fact, I mean out of the three, Phantom Menace is the best. And um I think I definitely remember I was then went on my gap year to the States. So what was really cool is I either Phantom Menace and the second one. I got to see three months ahead of the UK because they were still releasing things oh, yeah, yeah. in staggered yeah. in staggered timings. I mean, it was a lot closer, like I say, as a kid as well. Some of the cinema things was, we. I mean, that's why I didn't go as well because my uncle worked for an airline, so he used to nick the films and send them to us <laughs> well before they came out over here. <laughs> he used to send little film tapes that he just picked up on the airline when he was a mechanic. So. <laughs> Or he'd buy them on video when they came. They would literally they would come out in the states a year before they they'd came, be yeah, even before hitting they the cinema here and things. So yeah. or they so yeah, a lot of the times we'd get them that way. We I think we had to buy a special video player that could actually handle the stuff he was sending. But yeah, because of the American NTSC thing and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, but so, it it worked out. So okay, is your uncle retired? <laughs> yes, yes. He's unfortunately no longer with us, but oh, yeah, oh, actually, that, that's he, um, yeah, he used to send videos, films, actually, and I think it was with him I went to see, it must have been the second Star Wars, and chatting to him about yeah, his daughters and what he was going to show, whether, what order he was going to show them in. So then the thought, when Nine came out, she texted us going, thinking about your dad today, you know, he would have loved it and stuff, so it's, um, but yeah, the film, I just get really giddy, I think. It's. I remember going to see. Must have been three with work people. So yeah, it kind of went from school days through to work <laughs> in terms it of gap year yeah. and stuff. And then yeah, you kind of look back and go, oh man, but they were exciting when they came out. It was ex- good to go and see. Yeah, they were. They were exciting. And then, although Rogue One is what they should have been because that was amazing. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, I quite, I quite like. It. It's funny because I think we have we have slightly different Star Wars taste because of the original <laughs> trilogy. I actually think Revenge of the Sith is the best, and and I didn't really like Rise of Skywalker. Maybe they shown me like you know the this this outtake uh-huh. things that you shown. Maybe then I would have been in a in a more nostalgic frame of mind. But uh, I I mean I'm always giddy the first time <laughs> I see it, so that's a given. But I rewatched it this weekend. Yeah. Um. Because so, so got, got it and um. Yeah, I enjoyed it again. So I mean, it's, you know, is it the best film ever made? Is it going to stand? <laughs> Maybe not, but it's good fun and it was it sort of rounded up nicely and. I, just, um, I, just... I guess am I allowed to do spoilers now, or is it still too soon? <laughs> I don't know. No, go for, uh, I, quite frankly, but like there's just one clip, one clip where the Ewoks are at the end, and I'm just like, yay! <laughs> and the Emperor still terrifies me as an adult. So, okay, you, you <laughs> said, right. uh, okay, look, I, okay, this is supposed to be your interview. It's not supposed to be toasting complaints about Rise of Skywalker again. <laughs> it's not supposed <laughs> to be this. But I just feel like this. Just, I just feel as a film, it doesn't make any sense. The film just doesn't make any sense. But it's but anyway, no, it's I get it. Yeah, the, I mean, there's some fun, there's some bits that are a bit clumsy and things, and some stuff for Carrie Fisher's m- awkward. And the film is yeah, massively but, clumsy. But you just have to suspend your brain when you're watching these things, anyway. So. It's massively clumsy, and I just feel like they just. I feel like okay, you know, the original, right? This is something that I've been thinking about, and I'm thinking the original feels like. It was this lo- lovely gourmet meal that somebody has made for you. 
the re- <laughs> the rise of Skywalker feels like there was leftovers of that meal and someone shoved them in a microwave and said, hey, you still like it, right? That's, <laughs> and that's what it felt like to me. I was like, come on, guys. The second they had a trailer that we had the Emperor's laugh at the end of it, I was scared. I was like, oh, good Lord, no, no, don't, no, no, don't even go there. Oh, rubbish, they went there. <laughs> they went there. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, the premise of him being bad, I'm like, okay, fine. Not, I could argue about that. But once you accept that's what's going on, I think... I just I like some of the newer characters. I like Ray, I like Finn, I like Poe, so that's that's all good. And the although did the one bit that did get me yesterday was like at the very end she goes back to Tatooine and she puts Luke and Leia's lightsabers in the ground there together. Yep. But Leia never lived on that planet, so that's a bit weird, I realised afterwards. Funny enough, like, the mm. ending is one of the few bits that I think they nailed. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I liked it. It yeah. was really emotional, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It was only afterwards I went, hang on a sec, why has she gone there? She's gone there so they can get the shot of the of Luke's house, yeah, which, yeah. I've, been to, which I've been to in Tunisia. Which yeah. <laughs> um, they could get that shot. They could get the the, the double sunset, yeah. which is the the bookend of the the whole thing, which is fine. I accept that why they've done it, and I was alright with it. And I say it still found it emotional, but I was like, she never lived there. And the fact that then Ray had a gold lightsaber she'd made herself, I thought, oh, okay, gold. That's an interesting choice. That's all right. Fair I, enough. I, yeah, I have to say the final shot of the film, I think, is beautiful. I was like, okay. Oh yeah. I was like they. They they la- they they ended up in the right place, but the route they took to get there was stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> but but also but I will and I will. This is one point where I feel like I might need to do a little bit of defense because um, Leia grew up on Alderaan, which got blown up in the first Star Wars movie. So yes it would be difficult to go there yeah so so i'll give that there but it's but she lived in many places and there was somewhere they would have been together so yeah yeah true 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 yeah and i think this oh, oh we're gonna go philosophical here <laughs> and i think this is the thing where in star wars it's a fact that it's it, it's like a film that is aware that it's a star wars film if you get what i mean it's yeah. it's not just trying to tell you a story or give you an adventure. It's aware that it's a Star Wars film. And because we're a Star Wars film, we need to do this and that and bring this in there and bring that in there. And for some reason, J.J. Abrams thinks that it's impossible to make a Star Wars movie that doesn't have the Emperor in it. Therefore, we've got to find some way of regurgitating that corpse and bringing him back. <laughs> <laughs> or resurrected, sorry, that corpse. But anyway, let's move on because as you can see, I could go on all day and I think we possibly... <laughs> So, what are you most looking forward to seeing when cinemas reopen? Um, I don't know how you're going to feel about this one. Uh, Bill and Ted 3. Oh! <laughs> Good stuff. I'm so excited. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. I like it. Bill and Ted face the music. I like it. I mean, it's probably going to be awful, but I have to go and see it because I love <laughs> 1 and 2 so much. So... Yeah, I guess we'll see. Trusting Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter at this point that they've not done something awful. It's funny that you say that because last week we had our our youngest ever reviewers on the show. Um, We interviewed somebody the week before and he he has a big deal of introducing his kids to pop culture stuff. And he sent me a, a uh, a picture of them 
he was like, look, this is the latest thing I'm doing, continuing the education, and it was Bill and Ted's excellent adventure that he was showing them. His kids are nine oh, and six. Yeah. And he... <laughs> and um, and he, after they watched the film, they sent me their reviews of the film, and they absolutely loved it. They were like, oh, my God, it was so oh, good. brilliant. L- <laughs> laughing all the way through. So, yeah, Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, hey, I, I'm up for that. As, it's one of those things well, that I agree with you. I'm like, I don't know if they can pull it off, but I'm really really i'm interested to see i exactly. have to see it i'm interested I to see what think, they do i do always argue that it might when everyone goes oh sequels are never better than originals I'm like bill and ted 2 bogus journey is slightly better than excellent adventure although they're both brilliant so yeah ooh, ooh, ooh that ooh i think that ooh i think there's some, some people who might listen to this who might be like hmm? Because I've heard this argument rage on and on and on. It's kind of like a Wayne's World, Wayne's World 2 kind of thing. And I personally prefer Wayne's World 2 because I think it is more obviously a comedy. Or it's more obviously like uh, the kind of thing that I get. But but there's a whole bunch of people who are like, no way, the first one's better. And I think Bogus Journey is a similar thing for me because I feel like Bogus Journey is more obviously funny than Excellent Adventure. Yeah. And so I prefer Bogus Journey, but there's a whole bunch of people who are like... And it's got death in it. So, yeah, what what more do you want? William Sadler's death. He is is genius. He is absolute genius as death. I mean, yeah, I guess that's the one worry about the the next one because he's in it, but um, Rufus, obviously, George Carlin passed away, so I don't know what they're going to do about that. I haven't seen what they're going to do. I mean, literally, I would say for the 10 years, it's been announced so many times they're doing it, they're making it, they're going to start from it, they've got a script, whatever. Every time it's announced, I get sent at least three times I get sent the link and I'm like yeah I'll believe it when I see it so it's been teased for so long that it, it has it's probably one of the only things coming out that I would I'd be quite excited about actually <laughs> yeah, all right cool good stuff well uh, and, and down another sequel actually Top Gun 2 which I was like no it's gonna be rubbish I'm not going to see that it's gonna be awful saw the trailer and went all right I'm gonna go see that <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I, I will, I again, will, it's, the, it's the big. It's what what films look better on the big screen for me versus which ones will be the same-ish at least to watch on a small yeah, screen. Yeah. So uh, it is. It's the big. It's the it's the Marvels. It's the it's the sci-fi that for me I, I have to go and see it on the bigger screen. Oh, uh, so. I, I have to agree with you. I do think that like the I do think that the. Top Gun Maverick will look good on screen because it's all about the stunts, which obviously is like Tom Cruise has decided to make his whole life about the stunts. So yeah, <laughs> so it's it's yeah. a bit like Cristiano Ronaldo used to be a good winger, but no, now all about the goals. Tom Cruise is like, oh, forget acting, stunts. <laughs> stunts, yeah. And and as far as his other stuff more recently goes, not not as big a fan of his, but I like you know Top Gun was class. So <laughs> to see. Yeah, I know everybody was making see. was making such a hoopla about the last Mission Impossible movie. I th- yeah, I think I gave up after about two or three i don't know i've seen some of them but i can't even remember how many there are now there they have been six there have been six. oh god right yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah five i quite like six everybody yelled about like it was this amazing leap forward in action cinema and i didn't see it or get it or vibe with it i was just like no, i don't get this i don't know why is everybody yelling about this i don't get it but hey anyway that's that's just me yeah thankfully for most some people though 
Well, let me put it this way. Thankfully for some people, their jobs do not rely on me liking the film. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So anyway, Karen, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it it was. Anytime. Anytime. It was a lovely trip down memory lane. It was, and, and it's finally finding my to unburden my soul about that bit of Star Wars that I think I, that bit of your copy of Return of the Jedi I think I recorded over with I don't know who wants to be a millionaire or something. It can't <laughs> be because I'm sure I've seen that. We, we we used to watch those films every summer, and I'm sure we would have noticed. And I don't remember it being a problem. <laughs> or yeah, but oh, oh, just let to say thank you so much for coming on. And until cin- cinemas open up again, I might have to come up to Leeds and do a little bit of a tour around some of the cinemas because they do sound amazing. Yeah, they are pretty cool. They are pretty cool. You're very welcome to come up. It'd be nice to see you in person as well. Yes, yes, that would be. It would be. And when we're finally allowed to hug again, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right, cool. Thanks so much. Say hi to say hi to mom and dad for me. I will do. They send the love. All right. Take care, David. Bye. Bye. Once again, thank you very much to Karen Bagshaw for coming on the show and for making me watch Homeland. (laughs) (laughs) Making me watch Homeland. I have now signed up to finish watching Homeland and give her regular updates. Uh, Although, to be fair to her, I mean, I got to her after, in touch with her after that, and she did say that if I'm not enjoying it by season six, she will let me off for seasons seven and eight. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's, that's okay then. <laughs> well, uh, and I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised after what you did to a videotape. I'm surprised. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes, that that the the secret that I've kept with my I've kept myself for ages, and then finally comes out <laughs> on a podcast where uh, you know my my myself like you know my my begging my my groveling sort of what's the, my, my groveling admission or my groveling sort of begging for for forgiveness yeah because, yeah, because what i did to something her, Star, similar Star happened Wars to me though i would lent someone lent me a, d- a video that they taped off the television and they had treasured for years and years and i only had a very old slightly wonky video player but i really wanted to watch this film it's called anne of a thousand days so it's a film about henry VIII and anne Boleyn. anyway i watched the video and it was great it was a really good quality even though you know it was a very very old videotape and i turned around i turned back and spontaneously my video had started recording (gasps) oh no and i went oh where's the recording symbol on and so i I rushed to the video and stopped it but it had basically it had taped over the first 10 minutes of the film Oh, and I spent the next two days going around every video shop on the Isle of Wight looking for a copy of Anne of a Thousand Days. And then in the end, I ordered a copy oh, from no. HSC. And I bought her copy for her with an apology. So I gave her back her, like, her treasured video. And I said, but this is what happened. And so here is Anne of a Thousand Days on, you know, DVD. <laughs> <laughs> because see, I had, yeah, I, but I had that moment. Of, what, like, was you re- what was she recording, Sharon? What was she recording? That's what we I'm want no to know. It just spontaneously started. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. And it was what it was on the television. It was probably the news at ten or something. It was nothing significant. It was just it just started. It had around it, and when it got to the beginning of the tape, it just went, "Oh, I'm going to record now," and it just started recording. <laughs> yeah. Without me having done. I tell you what. Some some of those videotapes, really. I wish. I mean, uh, I know they're all by and by, but somewhere on on one of mine was when uh, Ronald Reagan got shot. 
because they had a news flash and news it was a flash. film. Yeah, that came I think out. I've said this. Mm. I think I've said this before on one of our one of our previous things was a film called The Deserter, which a West was a western. And I was watching it on BBC One. I was really, really getting into it. And it goes, newsflash, President Reagan has been shot. So, oh, wow. I mean, and you get all little bits like that, you know, and um, like just little bits like When you're called from the television, yeah, you get all Yeah, yeah. So it'd be, fun to, it would be fun to go through them, probably quite boring, but it'd be fun to go through them and just see if there was any like mishaps with the recording or something yeah. ran over yeah. you recorded the wrong channel. Or... <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. because I have something similar. Uh, so because obviously with what I do, with what I do with work, I, um, I work with videos, I edit videos, all that sort of stuff, film them, edit them. And part of what I do is also I do VHS tapes. So people have, if they have old VHS tapes of holidays or anything like that, I, I transfer them to digital for for them so that and so and some of it is actually people just give me these tapes and they're like oh we don't know what's on them and some of it is <laughs> it is it's 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 kind of like it's golden but you don't know where you can put it or what you can do with it it's like mm. they they were mm. uh, there was someone gave me a tape and i when i started playing it it was like a video of match of the day but like probably from the second year of match of the day being on tv so you had like there's Lydum with like a four oh, wow. three aspect ratio and i was like whoa this is so cool and, it's, and especially when you now get to the point where if they recorded off itv or something like you get these old adverts the old and, adverts yeah and, yeah and it's and it's actually it's really and that's why and that's one of the reasons why i felt so bad about the the bit where i, I slipped hit record and recorded of, over a little bit of karen's family treasured copy of the of the of the return of the jedi because because it because it's not. I can't go and get that, especially because George Lucas keeps tinkering with them and keeps changing them. Yes. I can't go and get that back. <laughs> I, can't, I can't go and get that back. I'm like, well, it has all the ads and all that kind of stuff. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. But I do know that in the Bagshaw's house, they they were like, you know, they were video. They had walls of the video stuff. They they, <laughs> they just yeah. they, had, they had walls well, of VHS I had a- tapes. I had something like 30 videotapes that I reused and I had a notebook with each tape. And so every time I recorded anything, I wrote it down in that page and then I know which ones I wanted to keep. And so I would mark, you know, where you, what could be taped over and what was not to be taped over. Yeah. So I had a system for yeah, all my to, videotapes. I used to take, I used to have like a little typewriter and you know, the, um, you know, like you used to get the stickers. So if you get like oh, the it, labels, like, yeah. Yeah. Tape, uh, yeah. I, I wrote at the labels and I used to type on them and literally like 007 to <laughs> 795, a fistful of dollars. Oh, oh, seven, <laughs> nine, five, two, and all that. And it was quite, quite, uh, it was, it was quite fun doing that. So that's one of the, I, I'm surprised I had the patience to do it knowing me, but I used to do it. I used to <laughs> click, 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 click them in there. But yeah. So yeah, that was it. It was an interesting interview, really. I'm going to, I'm going to just pop in there with this other one first because I think, well, you know my thoughts, and yeah. I'd just like to know your thoughts. I think it's a wonderful life is overrated. Ooh, uh, oh, I'm going to have to disagree with you. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Uh, are we, because, uh, and I, I, I'm usually the kind of person who. I don't like the hype. So when something is overhyped and everybody yells about something and yells about it, and then I eventually watch it after a while, it's just I'm just kind of like, a, for goodness sake, why is everybody yelling about this? It's, what, it's how I feel about the Beatles. Um, <laughs> I'm like, why is everybody <laughs> yelling about them? Will you just stop yelling about them? And it's, uh, <laughs> and it's, it's a wonderful life. I mean, I saw 
uh, I remember I saw It's a Wonderful Life. Probably it was I was still on the island. I remember watching it. It was when we were living in cows. So it must have been about three years ago. Was the first time I ever saw that film. And I do wow. remember it. I remember it. Fi- I remember finishing It's a Wonderful Life. I'm going. Oh my god. That that's a good that's a great film and actually and it's one of the few films that has made me feel emotional enough almost to the point of tears at the time when I finished so I understand Ooh. that yeah I understand some people might not like it but I do think it's a great film and I can understand why people wouldn't like it as well. It's not my favorite Christmas film because for me it gets so dark. I know it, everyone it, says it's like it's a Christmas film but to me it's like it's too dark to be a it, Christmas film. But, but I, I and it think. Gets, so dark that I feel so uncomfortable. But it's a great film. But to me, it's not to me the typical uh, our annual Christmas film. White Christmas is our annual Christmas film. We always see that every year. Yeah. But so yeah, I, I can understand I mean, how people do like it though. Yeah, I mean, I think it's okay. I'm not saying it's a bad film at all. I'm just saying that I think it's it's you highly overrated. Over That's, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I then I dislike it. Yeah, and I think it's, and, and I can understand that there would be some people who will over egg the pudding. When they're talking about it's a wonderful life, and I, I can under, I can totally understand that, but I do think it's a great film, and uh, yeah, and I think, quite frankly, pro- probably because of the darkness, because of the darkness, mm. I, I think it makes it a better film. If it had, if it had yes. been all sugar and candy canes, meh. <laughs> I think but, that's why I don't find it a Christmas film necessarily because of that that depth of despair that he falls to it's yeah. a film about redemption isn't it it's not really a film about christmas it's just got a couple <laughs> of scenes in it about christmas and everyone goes oh it's a christmas film and it's like to me it's not really a christmas film yeah but, but uh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay so any other thoughts on the interview yeah, care bear um, movies what's that all about the care bear it's like movies. care bear and star wars they're regular they're features of the show, aren't they? They, they, they do keep... Uh, I, they, I mean, Star Wars, not so much surprising, but the Care Bears, the fact that this is the second mention we've had of <laughs> Care Bears makes me think, what the... <laughs> what is it with the Care Bears? Why, why did they keep popping up? <laughs> I've put me feels like saying, should I have seen any of them? <laughs> Sharon, no, they're, they're animation films. And I, I, I don't think you would have... I don't, even, I don't even think you watched animation as a kid. <laughs> not really, not really. So, yeah, I, really. I, I guess I guess with me I went that will pass me by I guess I was too old yeah. although I have to say I was, I, aware I, of them. I was aware of them but I'd never seen them yeah I have to say I, I did find it quite funny when she was talking about the first film that she when she says like I can tell you what you film I didn't see yeah I'm over it completely obviously not <laughs> <laughs> and it, it did remind me about you, Sharon, and you and your brothers, and how some of your viewing habits were determined by your brothers and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, in the seventies, my mum went out to work in the evenings. She had an evening job, and so it was me, my two brothers, and my dad. And so, you know, as the youngest, I was not even in the running about what <laughs> we watched. So I grew up watching every nineteen seventies cop show, every nineteen seventies western every 1970s science fiction film was it shaped my whole childhood yeah. so you know i never got to see you know anything other than those sort of male centric films so you know i never got to choose until i was probably in my teens when i went off to the cinema by myself so so so, so, so yeah they did shape certainly my early viewing experience so so when you went to the cinema did they just drag you along to see whatever they saw 
As often, a, yeah, because I was we, we would because in those in the seventies it was a bit of a different world where children did go off on their own, <laughs> and we were often <laughs> the three of us with my brother's friend again in our road. There were a lot of families growing up at the same time, and there's a family over the road, the family down the road, all with children of a similar age, and so the, often there'd be like seven or eight of us would be packed off to the cinema together, not an adult in sight, and we would all be packed off there, and we would go and watch a, a matinee or whatever. But often we would go down the river as well and we would go and make mm. a den in the, the woods and we would disappear for hours on end without seeing another adult or seeing an adult at all. So growing up in the 70s was a different experience for us to most people. I, re I remember islands, those days. Especially on the islands as well. They were so, great, yeah, they were we great would, really, I think. Yeah, there was nothing would, to do but be, amuse yourselves really and the trip to the cinema was, yeah. was a the trip to the cinema was quite a thing because there was no, there was only like the four channels, wasn't there really? Yeah, and in, three in our house, we, yeah, we didn't have, yeah, we didn't the have TV, a lot in those days. So no, our the TV used to go off at 12, didn't it? The TV used yes. to go off at 12. There's no more television in the mornings. There's no television. And summer holidays had Why Don't You? So yeah, going to the That's cinema it. with my brothers and with some of the children in our road, that was what we did. We would, especially in the summer, we would, if there's a film that we'd heard anything about, we would clear off down the pictures. So, so there was never anybody telling you, "Oh no, you can't see E.T. You're way too young." They were just kind of like, "We're going oh, to no, see this. That. No. We're going to see Dirty Harry. You're coming with us." Yes, it was. Yeah, absolutely. It was just like that. There was no. <laughs> there was nothing like, "Oh, you're not. That's not suitable for you." I just watched. Every, I watched. I think I watched Exorcist when I was about nine or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, there was that. We were left to sort of basically, yeah get on with entertaining ourselves and to a large extent <laughs> so they walked we weren't as we we weren't as you know as hyper protected as maybe young people are today okay. and Sean, we did a lot of stuff with just the children so yeah Sean, it looks like you're about to say mm -hmm. something um yeah i was i was just but i was just thinking back to to uh when we were saying about tv finishing it bit late at night and i remember once I really, really, for some reason, I really wanted to see the original Universal Frankenstein, which was on about nine o'clock. And I don't know if my mum and dad were out. My sister was with a boyfriend at the time. She was old, supposed to be babysitting. And I just remember seeing the original black and white Frankenstein, and it just terrified, terrified, <laughs> terrified me. And yet you watch it, you watch it now, and it's not not half as bad as as, as that was. So that was all. I just it was just a reminiscing, really, a bit off the point. I know a bit. Bit yeah. off at a tangent, but, right, but yeah, no, no but... back to the 70s was I remember those days, and as I say, you used to like if you did go, generally, you, there would be queues for the cinema, you'd have to queue, yes. you know, it would be because it was a uh, you never really got to go, there wasn't a lot of money about, it was pretty austere time, really. And most of the time, the kids had to amuse themselves, didn't they? And then yeah. you'd hear them shout, so and then, but you know. <laughs> And now so, yeah, we had good. rules. We had to be home by tea. That was our rule. Was that we had tea yeah, at five o'clock? We had to be home by five. But that was our only rule. And so we would go out in the morning with a pat lunch sometimes, and that would be it. We wouldn't be have to come home until tea time. Mm. And then if well, we went out in the evening, we had to be home by dark, which was a bit misleading when it's like in the summer and you would not know what the time was. So we'd turn up at ten o'clock at night, and it'd be like you should have been home, you know, two hours ago. <laughs> did you ever play games like Sharon? Did you ever play games like What's the Time, Mister Wolf, or Please Jack, Please Jack? May I cross cross the water and 
Um, or Mother May I. Did you ever play any of those games? Or did you we not played a lot of games in our road because our road, there's a big green. Yeah. There's two greens in our road. So we would yeah. play every evening in the summer. We'd play outside yeah. with all the children in the road. So we would play yeah. British ball, ball I mean, we a lot to... and cricket a lot and yeah. rounders a lot. And the, the, I, I'm we beginning play. to worry that we're showing our age. Be- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm for anybody who's listening to this and if you uh and if you listen to going what the heck are they talking about vhs what are you talking about recording over a table what, what do you mean the sky plus box do you mean the virgin box no we're talking about vhs <laughs> look <laughs> it up look it up in the history books if you're listening and you do not understand anything that we're saying enjoy your we'll youth don't waste it <laughs> look after uh, yeah, your back you. and your <laughs> knees they will serve you well in your later years <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who doesn't understand those things, but yeah, there was a there was a whole other world that we're probably never going to see again. We're gonna we're not going to see people yeah. queuing up at cinemas because you're gonna have to book and show up at a certain time and all that. But it, mm. but also made me think about Sean. You know you know you know Karen's and Leeds. Leeds is besides Bradford. Yeah, we want to go to the widescreen weekend sometime yes. when we're allowed to actually go when it's allowed to go back on widescreen weekend in Bradford. Record an episode of the podcast there. And yep. she was mentioning those two Perfect cinemas cool. in Leeds, the they old school amazing, cinemas in Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that as well, Sharon. I mean, I don't, I don't yes, mind driving. I'd, 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 I'd love it. I'd love driving. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. then. So we'll, we'll arrange that. We'll arrange that. Go up yeah. there and see, and see exactly what a gaslit cinema is because I still don't know. That sounds amazing. Yeah, like kind of proper art. Well, the, the later one was the Art Deco one. It was the early one. But yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. All right. I love and, Art Deco. It'd be cool. All right, so before we wrap up with playing the game of what do we think Karen looks like based on her voice, <laughs> before we do that, I just want to give a little bit of uh, feedback because I have finished watching Homeland Season 2. Oh. Just, yeah, just Ooh. to say, I finished watching Homeland Season 2. And it did recover because what I said was that there was a point in Homeland Season 2 that something happened and both myself and my wife went, oh, for goodness sake. And we just we just couldn't be bothered to watch, we couldn't be bothered to watch the next episode and that was about eight years ago we just couldn't be bothered and we just said forget about this we're not watching this anymore and so I went back and forced myself to watch the next episode it probably took me about two weeks to watch I don't know four episodes to get to the end of the season and it did recover I think the season did recover although there is this storyline that I am going to say I'm going to refer to it as Homeland a love story. And there's bits of it where you could walk in and you would think, hang on, I thought I was watching something about like, you know, American homeland security and people trying to track down terrorists and stop bombs going off. And you would think you were watching a romantic comedy. And and there's a bit called Homeland, a love story that I do not buy. I just didn't buy it. Those two characters, I was like, doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. You're not convincing me. Doesn't make any sense. And uh, although I think that the, the note that the season ends on was a really, really good one. Some really, really good work from Claire Danes and Mandy Patinkin. But that's me. Homeland season two. Over the next couple of months, expect to get the review of Homeland season three and the review of Homeland season four. <laughs> and when I get to Homeland season six, if I'm still not enjoying myself that much, Homeland season seven and eight might not get a look in. But anyway, so... What do we think Karen looks like based on her voice? Who's going to go first? Know. I'm, don't know if I'm very good at this game. <laughs> um, you were pretty good last okay. week. You were pretty. You were pretty spot on yeah. last week. Okay, I'm going to say um, about five, five, six, quite okay. slim bit, short black hair. All right. 
like a bob sort of thing maybe you know maybe, or not a bob as such but similar sort of style all right and sharon i don't know i was thinking sort of sandy brown hair curly hair um you know not too tall smiley <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking yeah smiley curly sort of light mid-brown hair um i don't know i was thinking i don't know great um hazel eyes are we, are we close <laughs> hazel eyes hazel eyes Ooh, now let's see um I think in between both of your descriptions, you're getting close. In between, there's, <laughs> there's bits both of you kind of got right. And, but I'll leave that for Karen. I'll leave it for Karen to tell us and okay. show us and tell us exactly how insulted she is by what <laughs> <laughs> by the guesses of what we think she looks like based on her voice. <laughs> okay. And her hair color is one of those that I don't know. Like, like, you know how there's some hair colors that I still don't know what people are talking about when they say, like when they say, mm -hmm. oh, strawberry blonde. I'm like, that i don't know what strawberry blonde is and like there's all it's these nice like, same ginger <laughs> yeah and, and, and that's the thing because they say strawberry blonde and i think that's just blonde isn't it but but anyway so she i think karen has a hair color that i do not know what the actual color or the number of the uh, the actual name for is but anyway karen let us know send us a picture let us know what it is let us know how good or bad they got that and um until next week, until that time, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. We have nailed that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very Excellent. much. See you next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs>